Hello and welcome to another episode of Unfiltered. I'm Yanina Doyle. I'm Jonathan Kleeman. And we're here with Lucy Stevenson. Hello. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Um, and we're in, I suppose, could, could you consider this HQ, WSET HQ? It is HQ, yeah. Yes. We're at the WSET Winesburg Education Trust Head Office. Uh, it's also our flagship school here yeah. in London Bridge as well. Yeah. And this is the school that I was just saying that I, I did my diploma in. Oh, so it brings you. back... Actually, does it bring back nice memories, all that studying? <laughs> <laughs> it brings back uh, equal, lovely, wonderful memories and hardcore memories where I didn't go on enough holidays. Um, <laughs> but it's amazing to be back again. And um, so, obviously, you're, are you one of the educators here? I am, yeah. I teach all the, all the wine qualifications up to diploma with a sort of specialism with a diploma on uh, fortified wines. That's well. interesting, fortified. <laughs> um, and what's the theme for today? Uh, well, the theme, well, what we've got in our glasses is sherry, which is my particular favourite thing, my particular specialism, I suppose. I'm a sherry educator, certified sherry educator. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of my big passion, uh, doing a tasting on sherry tonight as well. Um, so, sherry themed There's day never today. enough sherry. <laughs> No, definitely not for me. Yeah. How did you get into wine, and, and why? And why sherry? Uh, why sherry? Well, first of all, why I got into wine, I guess, was through hospitality. I was working at uh, uni in a not particularly exciting student union pub. We didn't sell particularly exciting wines, but I had a manager who was really into their wines. That kind of got me into it a little bit, um, sort of more as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And then just after uni, did uh, WST course actually. I uh, got given a, a sort of voucher for a birthday present. Oh, nice. Um, and did my level two uh, qualification, which is a sort of three day course. Uh, Supposed no kind of prior knowledge, so it was good for me. Yeah. Um, uh, good grounding, etc. And then after that, I was sort of looking for a job over summer after uni and thought, well, let's have a go and see if I can get into wine. And uh, Fortune would have it. I got a job at uh, exactly here, uh, Diversity oh, HQ. Oh, you yeah. really jumped straight into working as... I did, yeah. And I've kind of meandered around a little bit since then. So I've worked in various different teams within Diversity. I've also worked for an imported distributor uh, for a while. I was a freelance educator for a while. And then but everything draws me back to... You, couldn't get, a, you couldn't get away. You keep trying to get away, but keep pulling you back in. Yeah, I think, I think I'm a lifer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in terms of uh, teaching. And, uh, and yeah, I just really enjoy that. So it took me a while to get into the teaching side. I was doing the okay. qualifications uh, for a while, so I was working more the event side of things, mm-hmm. sort of promoting the courses while doing my own qualifications. And then, yeah, once I finished my own diploma qualification, uh, after that, um, I became a, a certified educator. And uh, when I left the company to work for, uh, elsewhere, I was sort of asked to come back and teach evenings, weekends, etc. And then that sort of took over, and that became the, the big thing. So you started off in university being learning and drinking and now you're teaching drinking in your later life. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comes full circle, that is. It is. Yeah. And so we, we were really excited to talk to you as well, you, you know, because there's loads of exciting stuff going on with the WSET. And actually, somebody, how do you, let's, let's, something very important. Do you say WSET, as I do, mm-hmm. or we said? Uh, yeah, uh, WSET is how we prefer it to be yes. said. Yes. This is the correct <laughs> because way then. I've always said WSET, and then I thought I wasn't very cool anymore because, you know, the cool kids. Say WSET, yeah. Or WSET. I always say WSET. I don't hear WSET a lot. I'm not quite sure where the WSET came, the we thing came from. I'm not quite sure if you've ever pronounced W that way. Maybe some French members of staff, possibly. Okay, well, everyone, very important. It is WSET, Wine Spirit Education Trust, if we can just make that very, very clear. Um, so, news, what's going on? You're doing some really awesome, uh, you've got a proper week. Everyone's going to be wine educated. Exactly. Well, we're, we're turning 50 this year, so we were set up in 1969. Yay. So, big birthday, big celebration, uh-huh. and uh, loads of really interesting stuff going on um, throughout the year. But particularly, we're really excited about Wine Education Week, which is the first ever global wine education week. So, this is happening 
It you say global? It is. How it's many countries? Uh, 48 different countries I think we've got. Um, okay. Uh, so tastings in, yeah, quite a lot. Uh, I think there's over 500 different events. It's running between the 9th and the 15th of September. Okay. And uh, yeah, there's loads going on from complete beginner level stuff through to kind of very niche masterclasses, uh, something for everybody, lots and lots of different stuff happening all over the world. Okay, that's what, this is the first time you've done something at, on a this schedule. It is, yeah, yeah, definitely the first week. Uh, hopefully not the last. It'd be great if we can do this kind of thing again. Um, but yeah, this is it's kind of to celebrate 50 years of wine education. And uh, the idea is just to bring more people into the fold of it. And it may be that they want to continue for the rest of their lives. It might be that they just come along for one tasting and learn something new and feel a bit more confident with something, uh -huh. try something they've never tried before. That's kind of the idea, just to kind of start people off on a, on a journey that we that we love. You know, we've enjoyed our own wine journeys and kind of bringing people into that no matter what level they're at at the moment, I suppose. Is everything, um, everyone has to go to a place or is there anything you're doing online or with the websites that, that people can do whilst, you know, you know, enjoying a nice nice bottle of champagne to celebrate your 50th? There's going to be all sorts of different things kind of going on. Um, the, ones that are, the ones that I've been aware of so far are mainly in-person wine tastings. Yeah, okay. um, is, There's nothing uh, better yeah, than yeah. that. There's, there's also, we actually have an audience for a change. We've got looks around the room at other people who work for... for uh, <laughs> There, there, there are some sure people in the room that may or may not be mentioned throughout this podcast, depending on if the information given is correct or not. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, well, the, um, the, the tastings, uh, yeah, they're kind of, in, I mean, wine is always best enjoyed in with a glass of wine in front of you as much yes. as possible. Um, we do all of our courses uh, online as well, but we have lots of interactive kind of wine tasting as part of it and, mm -hmm. and directed wine tasting. But yeah, for Wine Education Week, it's, everything's in person, everything's kind of going to your nearest uh, course provider, um, tasting shop, it could be, you know, a shop, a bar, all sorts of different kinds of Oh, there's things happening in, in bars? Yeah, yeah, because some Guys, bars... there are things courses. happening in bars. <laughs> there's no excuse <laughs> not <laughs> to learn about wine. There's always right things happening in bars, you just don't get out with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but listen, we can learn at the same time, which means that everyone has the absolute excuse now. Yeah. <laughs> no excuse to stay at home. No excuse to go to the pub, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so we'll just, let's, you know, this, this, this sherry is in front of me and I feel like we're, <laughs> we're going to take on one to second to, to discuss this sherry. Um, you haven't said as well your love of sherry. How, love did, of how did that happen? That happened, um, uh, that happened over a little period of time, I suppose. But actually, it was when I was studying for my WCT diploma. Yeah, because they had yeah. the whole section on yeah. your fortifies. So, okay. To be perfectly honest, the first time that someone handed me a glass of sherry, particularly a sherry like this, which is a Fino sherry, I wondered what the hell was wrong with that wine, uh, because it's a very strange style of wine. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's something that is not... Uh, it's not what you're expecting, you know. This this wine in colour looks like a sort of looks like a white wine, looks like most white wines, sort of pale, uh, kind of a golden lemon kind of colour to it. You're expecting something really fruity and something really fresh, um, and and sherry is something a bit different to that. It's, it's savoury. That's what it's all about. It's mm. all about the kind of um, red doughy kind of biscuity savouriness, not overtly fruity. Um, but then, so the first time I tried it, um, I was a bit shocked by it at first. But actually, by the end of the glass, I was like, it's a bit like learning to like, like olives. It's sort of at first, yeah. you kind of like, oh, I will give you that. I will give you comparison. Good food pairing. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, yeah. Definitely That's why I'll just put that in. We should get some olives on. Yes. Um. <laughs> we, we always make mistakes yeah. with podcasts. There's never enough food. There's never enough food, no. It's only happened a few times we get any food. Yeah. Um, I find it really interesting because obviously, my education wise, I've done. You have the only other two education boards. I've done AIS and I've done Courts Master Sommeliers. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm doing my, still training for my advance at the moment. Um, the difference is they don't do as much of a focus as what 
um, don't know, I'm going to say W sitting in trouble. <laughs> as WSCT do, um, as WSCT do on on um, fortifieds, and that's one big point, quite big difference. You do sort of a whole course just focusing on fortifieds and tasting them comparably to advanced work and everything's thrown into one mm -hmm. one bucket in one go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, on our diploma, there's a whole uh, module dedicated to it, yeah. which is the one that I teach. And actually, that's when I was doing mine. That's when I kind of started to fall in love with it a bit more. I think it, just, it takes a good teacher sometimes. Like, and I had an a, a amazing Sherry teacher who's our director of global education, Karen Douglas. And uh, in turn, I think her, her kind of awakening with Sherry was with a guy called Philip Rolls, who taught her in the okay. past. And just kind of passing it on, I suppose, I hope. Sherry Mentorship. Sherry Mentor, yeah. Sherry so you're Guru, hoping yeah. now, <laughs> this, is, this is your time to, so, yeah. to do it's the mentoring. You're hoping in, like, in so 10 years you'll be reading some other new up and coming wine education. And like, my inspiration for Sherry was. Oh, that would be, yeah, yeah, that's, lovely, that's yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think just kind of the breadth of it, the, the value to, to price, the kind of the, uh, the flavor to price ratio, I guess, with sherry is, is like there's nothing that gives you the same amount of flavor and price point. And is, so what are we drinking right now? We are drinking, um, a, it's a fino sherry, it's a particularly mm -hmm. interesting fino sherry. Um, it's from a producer called Valdespino, one of my favorites, um, and it's called Inocente. Um, it's one of the only, well, it's getting a bit more popular now to do single vineyards, sherries is a bit more of a theme right now, but um, it's not particularly common. Um, and there's a few kind of quirky things to this particular Fino sherry. Um, okay. So all Fino sherry is kind of made um, in a very specific, with a very specific process. Um, so it kind of differentiates Fino sherry and also another style called Manzanilla sherry from all of the other sherries. Mm -hmm. So most of the time when you see sherries, a lot of other styles, they're very dark brown in colour <clears throat> and they have aromas of things like nuts and caramel and dried fruits and things like that. Uh, whereas this one in front of us smells, as I was saying earlier, I don't know what you guys are getting, but uh, I get a lot of... It's, very, it's quite, it, for me, it's very tangy, that kind of sour, maybe mm -hmm. apple peel. Um, I still get that nice lemony, but of course it's, it's doughy for me. Yeah, you do a lot yeah. of that, that sort of yeasty dough. You definitely can tell that the, from the floor and the content on there, the yeasty effect on there is... Yeah. Not in an unpleasant way. I mean, I'm, Sherry's one of those ones I've always struggled with, which I've always found my, part of my knowledge in it's always been weak because mm -hmm. I don't drink them as often. Um, and unfortunately, I lean far heavier into the Pedro Jimenez and not into the dry sherries. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really like them until, until I tried a Bodega's traditional. Unfortunately, not oh, cheap sherries. No, yeah, that's the top end of the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But, you know, but even in, you know, but in comparison. But they are superb. Um, and mm -hmm. I remember, like, I used to never really even get on with Fino until eventually I tried one of those. I got invited to a tasty. I'm like, oh, sherry, sherry lunch? I'm like, it's a free lunch. And so I went along and actually ended up loving, <laughs> I, loved, I loved all the sherries. This is no, I always, you, I know. <laughs> you are right with the whole olive thing sometimes, like pushing through, you do, you know, I, I, I still wouldn't say this is my favourite go-to drink, it's not. Mm. I like really grapefruit flavours, I like clean flavours, I don't really like wines from Jura or these kind of, it just, yeah. they're not my style. Um, but having done my, the, the, the course on the Fortified, the WCT, I, my appreciation completely changed and it is because, you know, you're, you're tasting it so much more. Mm -hmm. And I had, you mentioned, um, tra uh, the tradition, um, yeah, traditional. oh traditional mm -hmm. um, wines. I had, I think it was Equipo Navarros. Equipo Navarros. Um, it's called. It's a Manzanilla, mm -hmm. so of course a little bit more um, kind of um, salty. Um, but it was. It had this real purity. Um, it was called. I think I'll always remember that. Mm -hmm. It's a really quite iconic uh, label. Really bright if you see it. But I think it's again, and you can maybe explain it a little bit more. It's this more. I think cooler trend. You said like single vineyard might be happening, mm -hmm. but it's this more kind of unfiltered and I'm finding them. And 
using old barrels and old stock and it's to do with the, the you know not the big houses the people coming together the, yeah yeah so there's all sorts of really interesting stuff yeah. going on um, sherry the sherry industry is always changing and it's like sherry as we know it hasn't existed for that long and it's changed even in the time that i've been drinking it mm-hmm. um you know we used to in terms of what we used to get in the uk it always used to be the sweetened stuff you know mm-hmm. so and the, still the really big brands are harvey's bristol cream Cuff, Cuff, Pale cream yeah this is the big thing sherry is not actually just sweet yeah, yeah. it's a big myth isn't it sherry sweet no there is sweet i think harvey's you have to mention it is one of those sad things we have to separate like what harvey's um sherry's are from the rest of the sherry market mm. they're just not they are unfortunately more of a manufactured brand than they are an actual... Yeah, I mean, it's got an interesting kind of history behind it because they, they did that for us. They did that for us in the UK, really. You know, we had a sweet tooth back in the sort of late 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. etc. And we were demanding sweet things. And the sherry industry has always been about what the customer wants. And it's been bent to that a little bit uh, while retaining lots of its own traditions. Um, and they kind of went, OK, we'll, we'll sweeten the wines. You know, we'll sweeten them with, you know, whether it's adding a bit of PX sherry or adding mm-hmm. a sweetening. Was the cream more created just for the UK market, though, originally? Uh, it, not specifically for the UK market, but Harvey's Bristol cream. You know, Bristol well, very, yeah, yeah it's very much, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's not what they have ever really drunk in Spain. You know, yeah. it was uh, in very much, I mean, the natural sweet sherries, the PX, etc. you know, these more traditional styles. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the Bristol's, Bristol cream is huge. And that's what, you know, really made sherry really, really take off decades ago now and with people kind of our tastes change you know we're always quite fickle with it we kind of we loved chardonnay for a while and then we hate it <laughs> and then we loved uh, sauvignon blanc for a while and then oh, oh, i'm still going for now but <laughs> um but who knows whether that will continue we are we are a fickle uh, fickle yeah. customer the uk but, you know, that's that's what you know it's not we're not unique in that i think there's other countries that do the same thing but yeah it's just kind of interesting that we really loved sweet sherry for a really long for, for a while and it made the sherry industry boom and then now that's not so popular anymore. It's still a selling brand. It's, it's, it's interesting that sherry, what's happened is almost kind of followed the same lifespan of gin in a way, which is uh, I remember when I was young, people drank gin, was, it was considered, you know, it was the old um, adage of someone crying on the stairs or drinking gin. <laughs> and then also sherry was, well, it was an old person's drink. And well, that's, that's still, of, I think that's still mm. affecting it slightly. It is, but, but you've seen the research, especially in London, of like the new, there are a lot more sherry bars now. Sherry's become more of a cult following, mm. I would call it, more than a mainstream. Yeah. But you've definitely seen this big resurgence. It's gone from having four two sherry brands. You know, you had Pat, Tia Pepe Fino, Tia Pepe Fino, Harvey's Bristol Cream, and about one other brand you'd ever see. Mm. To now, you go to a sherry bar and you're seeing like 30, yeah. 40 small little mm. uh, tiny brands. And that's the same with gin. Gin used to be three brands, and now it's sure. two hundred yeah. different brands. So it's interesting that obviously more mainstream for gin, but I feel like sherry's gone from that same old person's drink that is not cool for young people to now I just have so many hipsters and Finding and find other restaurants who want to come in and order some fancy sherry because mm-hmm. they think they're cool. So they're like, no, we That's me. Like, they definitely weren't you. Trust me. They, they, they thought they knew what they were ordering. But it was. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it's seen that big, interesting jump between perceptions of it. It's, it's been quite interesting. Yeah, it's a really good time to be uh, to get into. You know, sherry just becomes something that you love. Just like in London and if, you know, and, and in Manchester and in Leeds, where my family's from. There's some really, really good. Um, yeah, tapas restaurants, and along with that goes the you know the context of sherry is food, and, and it's so good. Yeah, it's so good to pair with food. This bottle, um, and we were saying it's in general not that expensive. How much do you know? Do you know what it retails at? Uh, I would need to double check on that one. This one I think is pushing up against the sort of top teens. I think okay. bottle. Yeah, so it's one of the one of the probably more expensive finos that are in the market, but it is really special. The producers are absolutely lovely. Um, there's some interesting stuff that kind of goes on. Just to kind of go back to like the kind of the, what makes fino, like mm-hmm. uh, fino or Martinia. 
Uh, the way that it's made is quite specific. It goes back to this, we, you know, people may have heard of floor, the, the kind of yeast that is indigenous to the area around, around Jerez. Um, when they make the wine, they make a base wine from Palomino, the grape variety itself. It's not particularly exciting. Um, it does make quite a nice, simple light wine. Um, You've seen more still wine being made with Palomino from the region now. I've seen more and more coming out and then yeah. learning how to deal with it better, I feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it also makes uh, a really great, almost not quite blank slate, but it makes a good sort of base wine for all the kind of interesting flavours that can come about by the way that you age the wines. Um, so some of the wines, like Oloroso, for example, are aged in contact with oxygen, so they turn brown and they go nutty and caramelised, etc., that kind of thing. Um, but Fino is quite specifically made without oxygen. Um, and there is, once they've fortified the wine, they make a base wine, they fortify up to around 15%. Uh, and then uh, what will just naturally grow on the surface of the wine around there, um, if they leave a little bit of an air gap in the barrels, it's this kind of thick layer of yeast that doesn't look very pretty, it's a sort of white veil, um, <laughs> and it is just made up of, of yeast, and it feeds on the nutrients within the wine, the alcohol within the wine, it, it protects the wine from oxygen, but it does give those flavours that we were talking about earlier, the kind of bread. Yeah, it almost tea. allows it to slowly oxidise yeah. without actually affecting the wine negatively. So yeah. it's, I mean, I suppose Sherry Eagles always argues it's kind of more of an ode to wine making than it is to necessarily vineyard work. Well, Obviously, you need good grapes, but it's all, yeah, it's all about maturation. And again, you were saying having a blank slate, which is, you know, you look at different grape varieties. Some grape varieties produce really well from the beginning. They have great flavours and mm -hmm. texture, um, like Gewürztraminer or even Sauvignon Blanc. They really yeah. carry a lot of aromatic notes with them. Other great varieties don't, but they evolve really well. Um, we see a lot of examples, and the Palomino is probably a great example. But then also the soils, anyway, in, in Sherry. I'm quite, I'm starting getting a bit geeky about mm -hmm. soils now. I'm start, I realise actually you they should are... should be doing quite... that with your diploma, shouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I could get geekier, can I not? Yeah. Um, is that, what, the, the Alborissa? Alborissa, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah soils, very chalky, really good at retaining water, and they're supposed to be, you know, they're pretty significant, that's cool. But obviously the grape itself, you're... I think you're... we've also got a go-to person for our Spanish pronunciation now, because my Spanish Ooh, is terrible. I mean, my it's not amazing. Ah, I would struggle with Spanish really bad. <laughs> and this is from Jerez. Jerez. It's spelled with a J. Jerez de la Frontera, right? And there's yes. obviously your three sections. We mentioned uh, Manzanilla. Mm -hmm. Um, which age, which is slightly different. Do you, I mean, yeah. So it has its own its own do its own uh, um, uh, it's basically kind of its own kind of regulations. But it's made in a very similar way to to fino sherry. But the wine has to be aged uh, in San Luca de Varameda, which is uh, another one of the sort of three main sherry towns. Uh, it's closer to the sea. Uh, it's got a little bit more. It's got some extra kind of humidity sometimes, which actually helps the floor to kind of stay nice and mm -hmm. thick. Uh, so it's even biscuitier, even sort of crisper, lighter, etc. Um, most of the time it's a little bit lighter in texture, um, but still got really punchy flavours to it. And a bit salty. Yeah, I mean, they've done some like sort of chemical analysis on it. It's not that there actually is any more saltiness in the wine. Mm. I think the saltiness that we get with Fino and Mathania is it's this dryness. It's the, mm. the, 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 it's the perception it rather is. than actually inside. Yeah, it makes your mouth tingle and tang in the same way that saltiness does. So mm. that's always what we kind of get. And it also has, tastes a little bit like olive wine, which is also a salty thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was like, really interested in that because I've heard that so many times and I agree, you know, it does have that perception. But yeah, I was when I was there doing my, my educator programme, they said well, there's actually no more sodium, you know, there's no more salt content okay. in the wine. It's just a perception thing. But, yeah. Interesting. And as we're talking sherry, will there be any specific specific sherry or fortified uh, wine courses for anybody, specifically maybe in London? Or 
I think that there are going to be some around the world. Uh, we we weave well anything I'm involved in that sort of seems to weave sherry in in some way. So uh, we are doing the tasting that we have um, on the on the 14th, which is a walk around tasting here at the school, um, has um, uh, 50 different bottles um, uh, that you can taste. And yes, of course, and some of them you've snuck in. Some you of them make sure. Yeah. So your, your <laughs> friends must know whenever you turn up at a party what you're bringing. Like any dinner party, they know you're going to be holding a bottle of. Uh... Well, yeah. I mean, I'm still trying. I mean, some people have really embraced it. Some people. So it's one of those ones that you know there's um there's a context for it there's a time and a place for for sherry for me that's most days uh, most evenings but it's not for everybody so yeah I think there's there's some bottles I consider to be slightly more of a fail safe to bring to a party than than a sherry um but if the the group is right you know if I know oh, what's your already... fail safe bottle then I'm intrigued now it's, uh, it's a good tip for people yeah. okay, it's a good so tip for wine, wine as a yeah, as a wine educator your put your sherry bias aside yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a few that um pop up that people just tend to really embrace I think um something like Albarino is just kind of it's got a bit of interest it's not mm-hmm. gonna, it's not super common um but it's really refreshing tasty crowd uh, there's never been a person that hasn't liked an abrunion <laughs> i really don't i've never met i've never come across yeah I think I every now and again you get someone saying it's a little because there's a lot of acidity there but that as soon as you got some food with it, it really softens and but they'll probably it. easily drink a sauvignon blanc though won't they acidity is quite a good one to bring up obviously we, you find sherry's have got a really good balance and roundness to them mm-hmm. um and i find it well i always find really interesting speaking to people some people think they think they love acidic wines mm. They typically want to drink these even Sauvignon Blanc or other words like that all the time. And then they realise after they've drank two glasses that they don't want to drink it anymore, but they don't sort of kind of realise that mentally. Obviously, one of the things I'd say is really good about sherry is that roundness to it. You've still got acidity there, mm-hmm. but there's so much else going on in the glass. It kind of, it's quite, quite Moorish in that sense as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, if I'm sort of, if I'm hosting myself, there will probably be a glass of a glass of Fino as an option at the beginning of a, a meal, I think, um, because I just, and Fino is obviously your preferred style of sherry. Oh, I don't think I have a preferred. I think the dry ones are my favourite. So Fino, okay. Amontillado, Oloroso, and, and um, this one's brought um, Oloroso. V O S. Yes. Very old sherry. sherry. Although, do we know how to say it properly? Signal or something like that. Oh, sure. <laughs> this is a professional. I like, I like you said weird if me and you. I did know, I just didn't want to say it. Yeah, of course. I didn't know. Yeah. I, didn't know. Uh, I, did, I knew there was some weird, some weird yeah, The Latin version and the and the very British, very old show. Yeah. Shall we try so, this then to compare what, uh, so people can understand, you know, um, biologically kind of aged mm. uh, wines like Fino and Manzanilla compared to Oloroso, which is oxidative. And then you mentioned Amatillado, which is. Somewhere in the in between, it's had both. Yeah, the kind of best of both worlds, if you like both worlds. Um, and then of course, Palo Cortado, which is Palo even Cortado, more confusing. Is, yeah, somewhere between an Amontillado and an Oloroso and stuff. And actually, Palo Cortado, they they they're quite variable because they, you know what there's various different ways of making it. Yeah. Um, but they can be. They can be real, real treats. Like I think if I can get a good bottle of Palacatado, actually just produce a Valspina de Palacatado as well. That's probably one of my favourite wines in the world. Oh really? Yeah. So who's this producer? Tell us a little bit about this Oloroso that we're having. So this Oloroso is it's a VOS, which is as we said, very old sherry. Um, there are kind of age categories within within sherry. Sherry is almost always a, a blend of many different vintages. Mm-hmm. Um, so they blend it all together in a system that's called the Solaris system, which is essentially a system of, of blending old wine with new wine so that it's always complex and balanced and interesting and fully mature by the time that it's bottled. Just saying in case for anyone who's listened to this, if you've never heard of the Solaris system, if you put it into Google, you'll find a quite simple image of putting it. But basically it's normally barrels stacked on top of each other, different levels. And basically what happens is the, new, the youngest and freshest wine goes into the top barrel. 
And then what they do is they take off, I believe it's normally a third. Is it a third? Um, um, yeah. Round of barrel settings. And then they yeah. take yeah. that and that goes into the barrel underneath. Mm-hmm. And then a third from that barrel goes into the barrel underneath and underneath. And the idea is you're always taking a third of the younger wine and putting it into two thirds of older wine there or thereabouts. Yes. Um, and then the idea is that, that older wine will put the... Um, helps mature that younger wine faster so that you kind of have this constant mm-hmm. system of aged wine coming through consistently. And obviously it comes a more consistent product as well. Yeah, definitely. So every time it's drawn off, um, it's a bit like a non-vintage champagne in that sense or other styles of non-vintage wine. You know, the idea is that it tastes the same every time it goes out. Mm. Um, and yeah, you get slow changes over many, many, many years in style. But um, but yeah, basically the product that comes out is consistent, it's balanced, it's really complex and it's got the old and the new all mixed together. The Solera system, that fractional blending, is really important for, for Fino sherries and Manzanilla sherries as well because it helps to keep gives more nutrients as well. Yeah. You haven't got the nutrients. And I think that that's what isn't you you obviously get very old cherries or very old rare sherries with the Olorosos, mm-hmm. but you don't you can't really get that, I don't believe, with Finos and stuff. They're generally much younger because if you were to leave the the, the wine in the Solera system for more than a few years, yeah, I don't know just the nutrients basically exactly, yeah. just goes and so you get the younger yeah really kind of more zesty, alive mm-hmm. phenos, and then you get the very interesting, old, mm-hmm. aged yeah. Olorosos, right? Yeah, so there's levels of barrels that you were talking about. Um, uh, they're kind of as criaderas, and, and mm-hmm. most phenos, uh, Solera systems have about three criaderas, so they kind of have different, that's three different levels. This particularly the interesting thing about the Inocente that we were tasting earlier is that I think they have 10, so it's really kind of quite a, quite a big one, quite a complex wow, okay. one. Um, so, and, uh, and it is one of the older phenos that's available, kind of, so it, they've really kind of kept it going as long as the floor can kind of stay alive and you get a little bit of extra richness because it is that little bit older as well. Yeah, it had actually a lot of flavour and the length as well on our mm. phenos was that, that stayed with me for a really long time. Yeah. I have to say that I'm leaning towards the older one. So, yeah. yeah, I really, it's, it's just for me as well, that kind of really toffee lick and obviously completely dry on the finish but it's really quite luscious but balsamic toffee it's really it's mm. i like that a lot <laughs> but then all that kind of dried fruit to do it. i, I mean this, this meme was more lean and it almost feels more like it's um well that's all you almost like soy asian you know it's like, yeah like definitely soy sauce yeah, yeah soy sauce no. that's more what i was thinking actually soy sauce sorry. um but yeah like concentrated soy sauce note on the back of it it's sort of really um very intense, but then still kind of mouth puckering as well. So it's yeah. also a very juxtaposition. It's still dry. It's kind of one of those weird wines that smells. I think a lot of people when they first smell it, they think they think of sweetness because they're thinking of it smells like caramel and toffee. I think it's the evolution of the fruit as well. Though it's, it's like yeah. it's it's, the, it's almost like dried toffee fruits, which Definitely, makes no yeah, sense, yeah. but is is what you're getting from mm-hmm. it. Mm. There's kind of rich sort of dessert fruitcake kind of things that we are quite used to in the UK. Um, that's what this kind of this is like that in, in terms of its aromas. But when you taste it, it's dry. So it doesn't have that kind of sugariness. It's akin, in a way, I suppose, a good, um, another one that is often compared to in terms of its aromas is it like a tawny port, an older tawny port, because again that yeah. goes through these oh, this long. Term, in terms of flavours and, yeah, exactly. um, and aromas, yeah, I mean, without the, the the sweetness. No, no, Karen. I'm saying I'm, I mean port's probably much where my expertise is. I love port, mm-hmm. so it's. Uh, that's where I'll probably be a lot more. We'll at do home. another port episode later on. Don't worry. What would you? What would you? What would you pair? What would you think would be your perfect pairing with the Fino that we just had and then with the Oloroso? Um, well, I can tell you what we, we kind of got when we were out there. Well, when, whenever I go to, to Heref, I think they do an amazing job with the food because it's just amazing food and amazing wine together. But with Fino, traditionally you're kind of looking at that it's maybe the earlier parts of the meal. So you're with olives, almonds, that kind of thing, things that it tastes a little bit like, to be mm-hmm. honest, um, like charcuterie. Um, and Oloroso, they paired it with a steak. And I'm saying, I was thinking steak. Really? Yeah, I was thinking steak. So wow. Delicious. 
Okay. It's kind of like Tartarus is classic um, one as well, isn't it? With Voloros, lighter Olorosos, I think it's is it I think it's Tartarus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah, I mean it goes it, it it's has got the richness kind of for steak. Richness but I wouldn't savouriness. It's almost you know how sometimes they put like a little bit of like a bit of miso or something, or a congee or something. Especially if it's been charred or something, and you've almost got well, that slight to, smokiness. If it's fatty as well, because you've got the acidity in there, it's still going to cut through the fat, but then mm. it's got the rich body sort of to stick up to it as well. It'll kind of mm. almost be the seasoning. You wouldn't necessarily need to do much to the steak. It is. It's like, you know, I think, you know, and I cook with sherry, um, like, you know, maybe not this kind of, this sherry is very, very special, but, you know, just uh, every now and again, I use it as a seasoning sometimes because it does, it's just like a flavour enhancer. It's like mm. putting a bit of MSG into something. It's kind of <laughs> still because it brings out flavour and it works really well as an accompaniment to food as well as an ingredient in it. Do you know how much the Don Gonzalo would retail for? It's not a problem because we can always put it or we'll put it on the blurb and on the show notes. Yeah, I can double check on that one too, as okay. well. I think we're kind of pushing up thirty there, along yeah, those lines. But I can. Uh, I, can I do mean, is there like sort of pushing up to thirty, considering it's a fortified mm. wine? How much you kind of you almost get a lot more drink mm. out of it in the sense you wouldn't drink it as fast. Exactly. Well, you shouldn't. This is. Um, and so you do value-wise, you know, you've seen everyone go, it's in high teens. High teens is not. Yeah, this is another thing, that's another myth. Everyone thinks that wine. sherry often is really, really high alcohol. Your finos should only be, you know, what, 15.5-ish. Yeah. And then your La Rosso's, well, it depends with, with what age it's yeah. going to go up a little bit <laughs> but more. That's, but that's, they start at, what, 17.5? Yeah, so maybe get no more than ever, what, 22? I think about 22, right? yeah. Yeah, that really, really old one. And that's super old. Yeah, and that's because everything's concentrated. Uh, and what is this? This particular this one. This Oloroso percentage. It's about 21. So 21? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 And this is, you know, average age of 20 years old. Uh, so yeah. this is, you know... That does mean you're getting quite a lot of alcohol for your money as well as quality as well. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're, you know, it's not like the sacrifice you make with some German Rieslings where you get fantastic flavour but you're not going to get drunk if you drink too much. That's it's, not uh, the point. And if people come <laughs> to this, these uh, wine education classes, they will understand it's not about getting drunk. Well, it's not about getting drunk, that's just a helpful benefit. So what is the most, just obviously we're going, what is the website that people need to go to to find out all about all their new wine education that they're going to have. This is all. Is this all free? If anyone, things. Some things paid some for. Things, some. Yeah, everything's kind of varied. Yeah. Um, uh, most things have a ticket. Have a ticket price associated okay. with it, but not all. Um, but uh, everything that that is happening in London is happening for just you know wonderful prices for what you're getting for the. Um, it's just basically we're just trying to get people in and get people to taste stuff. We're doing. Um, we are on the as our launch event in the UK. Something that we're really excited about is um, uh, we're hoping to. Break a Guinness World Record for the world's okay. largest right, ever yeah. smellery lesson. So it's actually a big food and wine pairing. So we're trying to get. Uh, we've got. Uh, do we know Ollie Smith's yes. TV's TV Saturday Jolly Ollie. Uh, yeah, lovely man. Uh, he's um, sort of co-presenting with one of our educators, Virgilio Gennaro, um, doing a big food and wine pairing at the Kia Oval um, on Monday the night. Um, Virgilio is the uh, buyer for the Andalucatelli, in yeah, case yeah. those who don't know. Yeah, Virgilio is yeah. quite well known in the education, yeah. education wise around London. He's very well known. Yeah. And well, this, well loved, lovely, lovely man as well. Yeah. And this is open to anyone who wants to attend, but yeah, they just need to, but they need to buy a ticket in advance. They do, yes. Yeah. So they can get tickets through the, the website for Wine Education Week is wineeducationweek.com, and that has very easy. Complex, complex, oh, we we appreciate <laughs> easy websites. Again, I'll put that down on the blurb. But anyway, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's from the from the homepage there. You can see the the listing of that event, but uh, even if you're so you can go through and buy tickets on on Eventbrite from there, twenty pounds, uh, which is a great price for a really lovely evening that we're going to have with food and wine. 
Um, and uh, even if you're not in London, uh, there are events, as I say, all over the world, 48 different countries. There's a good little filter on the website to sort of see what's on, on any particular day during that week in any particular city that's hosting an event. And at these places, will people be able to learn a little bit more about WSET in general, the different levels and doing it and stuff? Because I think, you know, I was just saying this outside. Um, obviously, I've done my WSETs. You've obviously done the, the Master of oh, Sommeliers. Went, you know, the, in the wine industry, you always have those two choices. Um, but you can't do Master Court of Sommelier if you're, an, you know, John and Bob down the street who just wants to know a little bit more about wine. And that's the nice thing about WCT. You can yeah. start right from the bottom and just keep on going. And when I did my diploma, you know, I would say maybe two thirds of the people were in the wine industry. But there was a good third of people that were just massive wine fans that were taking days off of work, which, my God, hats off to them. Yeah. You know, at least when you're in the wine trade, there are wine bottles lying around for you to try. There are things, but you know, when you're just doing it by yourself and you've got to put that kind of level of energy into it, I think well, I think, it's I think for a lot of other people, it depends on what person you are as well, it's daunting to, if you want to get into the wine trade, it's daunting to try and do it without any knowledge. So some people sure. prefer to go educated first and then get into the wine trade. Um, so I think it's, it's so for a lot of people, it's a sort of gateway in, into it as well. I've known a lot of people who've gone and done the WCT first and then applied for a job before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we have yeah, sort of career change people coming into the, at the school here. It's um, it, it depends on the format of the class, whether it's an evening class, Saturday class. Our Saturday classes are almost all just people doing it for fun, so a lot of our evening classes as well. That's oh, just okay. people working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we have Monday courses for, uh, and uh, throughout the week courses for the, for the people working in the trade and hospitality too. Um, but yeah, it depends on the format, it depends on the level. But yeah, um, most people just get hooked. They kind of start doing. They think, oh, I'll just go along and do a one day course or a three day course, and then they'll actually that, and it becomes a hobby. It becomes something that you do want to tap in with every week and go along to an evening class or a Saturday class and. I did my diploma as an evening class, and I think it was about half the people on that course were not in the trade. I think a couple of them might have moved into the trade recently, mm. but uh, once you out the whole diploma, just kind of, and we just made friends and created this amazing little club. It is good to have a club, yeah. tasting clubs. That <laughs> is the I best part. It's also one of the very interesting, of all, all sort of career options or industries as well, is how many people come into wine late as well. Mm -hmm. So many people I know who never, they didn't start off in wine or never had any intention of getting into wine. So I'm trying to break through the roof. Um, uh, but they did, I uh, know some people who started much later, you know, compared to so not myself, who started very relatively young. Mm. I know some people who don't start becoming a sommelier or start working in wine shop until they're in their 30s, until yeah. it becomes a, a different life option for them and they discover it's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a very diverse group, I think, as well. You know. Well, I, I highly advise it. I still um, have my book from the level, in fact, actually, I have two books from level three. I have one that is literally falling apart, which I've written and destroyed entirely and highlighted. And then when I did my diploma, mm -hmm. I went back and bought an updated level three yeah. just as an extra kind of like a, you know, when you're just absolutely exhausted and you don't want to have to search anything and do your own research and you're like, let's just, let's just get the basics sorted, make sure that's sorted. Yeah. So I have one beautifully pristine brand new book and will completely destroy them but they're actually very good reference points when you want to quickly just touch up on something like sherry mm -hmm. which i think i might go back and have a quick look uh, level three we'll have it there and it will just be two pages i'm sure and i'll be i'll be red good to go again yeah, i do exactly the same the level three um book is 
I think probably the most comprehensive sort of that in terms of being able to just dip into it, read for about five minutes, and really feel like you know you yes, remember that subject. something. Um, yeah, I think it's really great for that, and I always keep mine handy. And I'm glad I have to carry it around my bag and I'm not studying for it anymore. <laughs> yes, but so anyway, there you go. You have to come and do your WCTs, especially so you can get to level three, <laughs> so you have a very very comprehensive <laughs> book on wine. Um, thank you so much, Lucy, for joining us. Thank you for bringing us these very interesting sherries and so very different. Hopefully, everyone everyone learn about all the different levels of uh, sherry. Mm -hmm. They're not all sweet. They're all completely different. There's one for everyone. There's very few that are sweet. Actually. We yeah. haven't. We have. We hardly touched on Pedro Jimenez, which is perfect. Poured on ice cream. There yeah. you go. There's Possibly a perfect the pairing. Sweetest wine in the entire world. Oh, but, up to 500 grams. So that one is sweet, sweet, sweet. So we've got loads of things you can taste with sherry. And um, yeah, everyone has to come to this on the 9th of September if you're in London to beat the Guinness World Record record of the most people together learning about wine. Yeah, right? we'd love everyone to come along and help us beat that world record. We're really excited for that night. We're you doing bring, Yeah, break a world record from drinking wine. What is more self pitched do you want? Yeah. And maybe, maybe if Lucy's got anything to do with it, there might be Sherry. There may well be. Anything else before we go that you need to mention? But yeah, if you want to if you want to come along on the, on the ninth, uh, you can book your tickets on Eventbrite. Uh, okay, it makes it, yeah. that makes things even easier. <laughs> yeah, but the Eventbrite link comes through from the wineeducationweek.com website. Uh, and if you are joining us uh, for anything, if you're doing anything anywhere you are in the world for Wine Education Week, then just let us know what you're doing. We've got a hashtag Wine Education Week. Hashtag uh, Wine so Education Week. Perfect. And uh, let us know what you're doing and hopefully you'll join us. And, and please make sure you're drinking wine. Yeah. <laughs> Post as many pictures of beautiful wines and share them with us. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Lovely. Thank you so much, Lucy. That's Thank amazing. And uh, yeah. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers to some Oloroso. <laughs>